This is Han Solo, and you're listening to Octo Radio, a Star Wars podcast. I don't know. Fly casual. What is going on, everyone, and welcome to a brand new episode of Octo Radio, a Star Wars podcast. I am your host, Alden Diaz. This is episode 106, which is really surreal to say, to think that there have been 106 of these, just the numbered installments. There's also been the spinoff shows and the episodic coverage of different Star Wars series as they've aired, and it's been a great few years doing this, Um, but it isn't always uh, an easy thing to do, Uh, which is something that we will talk about. As we get further into this episode, um, it's just me today, which you might have gathered um, from the promo for this episode. If you follow the show on social media, uh, which is always appreciated, or from just me uh, blabbering on about how I haven't really felt uh, the pull to create content, which is a word I struggle with a lot in this space. Um, I haven't really felt my best personally, which is something that we're going to be talking about here on the show um, as it pertains to me and my life journey, as it pertains to some of you that have so graciously and so um, thunderously contributed uh, your words to what we're going to be talking about today. If you clicked on this episode, unless you are just by some happenstance just catching it, uh, somehow in a friend's house or something, or if somebody already had it on, or, or you're just cycling through Star Wars stuff, however it works. I'm going to assume most of you know uh, that I've decided to call this episode a Battling Depression with Star Wars, and I think that it's it's definitely going to be different. Uh, it's already different uh, in as much as, it, again, it's just me, something I haven't done in a long time, something that I want to do more of, to be honest. We'll have more of that coming up with Mandalorian Season 3 coverage, or if you're listening to this uh, later on, check out the Mandalorian Season 3 coverage, which I've decided to do by myself. Um, but this is a this is a different one. So this is your first time. Hello again. Um, nice to meet you. Pull up a chair. Good to have you. Welcome to uh, my version of, a, of an island where a Jedi hides away to think about things. Um, this is not normally what the show is. Normally, I like it to be an interview show, a discussion show, but I, I enjoy interviewing people. That's that's the thing that I like doing the most. As a broadcaster, I bring it up sometimes, but I, I work in broadcast media professionally. Um, I've been a radio producer. I've been a digital content producer and writer. I've been an on-air host. Uh, I've been a lot of that stuff, and that's, that's my job. Um, and with that comes an element of the public-facing, constantly plugged-in grind, for lack of a better term, which is uh, something that I resent in a lot of ways um, because we're at a place now where I feel that the selves that we project and that we sometimes inject, um, that that we serve up to our listeners, viewers, readers, whatever, are, are only a fraction of who we really are. And that seems like an obvious thing to say, but it can be a little bit exhausting um, and contradictory uh, 
because when you try to lead with authenticity and you are struggling with something like depression, you know, it's the focus of what I'm honing in on here today, uh, it, it can feel like an almost an Ouroboros, you know, eating its own tail. And if you strive for authenticity and you make authenticity a straight up choice, then is it really authentic? And once you get trapped in those thoughts, well, then it's easier to stay in bed, which is something I've been doing a lot of. Uh, you might have noticed there's only been one episode of Oxford Radio so far this year. And at the time of recording and posting this, February is almost up. Uh, so it's been it's been a tough one. It's not that I haven't been doing anything. You know, you can catch me over on Casterly Talk with my friend, collaborator, mentor, uh, and a brother in brother in arms on these microphones, Ken Knapsack, where we talk about uh, Ice and Fire, Game of Thrones, House of the Dragon, Lord of the Rings, and Willow. So I was covering a Lucasfilm show, just not here. Go check out all of our Willow coverage with a, an illustrious panel of guests and friends. That was a fantastic season and one of my favorite things Lucasfilm has ever done. Just so happens, it fit the Casually Talk banner more than the Octo Radio banner, and I was happy to do that. Over here in Star Wars land, uh, I've been enjoying Bad Batch Season 2 so much. Uh, I just adore that show. I adore those characters. I love everything that that show has to say. I just, quite frankly, uh, don't want to do the grind uh, that I've already mentioned. I don't want to do that um, right now. I don't want to do the, I'm going to cover it because I have to cover it because people expect me to cover it because, 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 because. Um, it's been tough, you know. These have been the toughest, most challenging years of my life so far these past three, which I don't think I'm alone in. I don't know if you heard, it's been kind of weird over the past uh, three years. And, you know, a lot has changed, uh, lost a lot. Um, I have felt a lot. I have tried to not feel a lot. And, you know, I try to be open about this stuff. And I, I was trying to think about how I could re-engage and how in 2023 I could sort of not abandon a lot of what I've been doing. I still want to talk about this stuff. Like I said, I will be discussing Mandalorian Season 3, but I really wanted to, and Ahsoka and Skeleton Crew and everything else that comes up, uh, High Republic as well. Got some interviews coming up with some great Star Wars authors, which I'm very excited about, and some other creatives as well. But I, I wanted to strip away a lot of the, well, I got to cover Andor because I got to cover Andor, and I got to cover this because I got to cover this, and you know, people expect this, I got to book a bunch of guests, I got to do this, that, and the other thing. And again, this is not hard. Nobody's breaking their back doing this. Um, but the the pretending can be a little bit hard. So I thought to myself, how could I synthesize the way that I've been feeling with what I want to do and what I enjoy doing, which is this, talking directly to you and trying to have a real conversation, um, which again, is it real? If I'm saying I want to have a real conversation, I don't know. I'm going to let you decide that. It's definitely a weird thing to try to find the balance of those two. But I will say this will be the first episode of Octo Radio ever released that I am not editing. Because if I have to listen to all this back again, whew, I don't know. I just don't know about that. So if you hear the pitter-patter of my dog Mando's feet on my hardwood floor... If I drop something, if you hear mouth sounds, I apologize. 
I normally like to take all that stuff out and do a nice clean presentation, but I feel like having a straight up one-on-one conversation here about something very real is important. So again, uh, if you're returning, thanks for coming back. Um, I'm so proud of the community that we're in overall, but really the people that listen to the stuff that I do here, the stuff that my friends do on their various shows are some of the most thoughtful and engaged and just uh, magnetic and effulgent people in our space. And I really believe that. I think that we are so grateful. The fact that I, on any day, uh, any given day, talk to upwards of 20 different people that I know exclusively because of Star Wars is... Uh, sometimes a little overwhelming just because of notifications and stuff and having to be on a lot, um, which is challenging when you are <laughs> when you're dealing with clinical depression uh, and things like that and you're just exhausted in general and you've got ex- existential dread uh, permeating everything that you do. But I am extremely grateful. And again, it's because of Star Wars. Um, so to all those returning people and the people that return, every day as friends and as collaborators i thank them and again new people uh welcome to a weird one as i'm over nine minutes into recording it already um they're not all like this but maybe they should be so welcome to an honest chat as boba fett said in mandalorian season two the tragedy have a chat and that's what we're going to be doing um because star wars more so than anything else I was talking to uh, my one of my best friends, my essentially my my one of my brothers, uh, Nikki Kumar, who does a rewatch between worlds with me here on Octo Radio, which will be coming back soon, uh, as well as appears on Casually Talk, as well as one of the three hosts of the Imperial Senate podcast. We were talking about Star Wars as a a set of ideas, as a set of tenets, as a guiding force, no pun intended, as a guiding light uh, in our lives, and for me. Growing up with a single mom, Star Wars was another parent. It was formative on a deep, profound, elemental level of if you removed a lot of things from my life, I, I feel like I would generally still be me. If you remove Star Wars, I don't know that I'm this person. And not in as not in a surface level, you wouldn't have a Star Wars show way. Like, yeah, uh-huh, obviously. But truly, would I be me? Would I process things the same way? Would I approach problems the same way? I don't know. I don't think so. Um, You know, when I think about struggling in life and things that I dwell on, and a lot of what I feel sad about, what I feel depressed about, a lot of it comes from feelings of being unwanted, and from having one parent and knowing that before I was born, somebody decided, no, I don't want to be that kid's parent. Um, and somebody decided they did want to be my parent. So, you know, du- duality, right? Big Star Wars concept. You know, somebody that wants to dedicate their everything to making sure that you are, are grow and flourish and all of that is beautiful. Um, but the fact that somebody didn't when they were supposed to, right? Those are the things that that really mess with you. And I, you know, when I got to high school and stuff and I started to really deal with that and really what I thought was honing in on it, but really it was still a form of struggle. Um, it really took the wind out of me in a lot of ways. Uh, 
you know, it really, really, really messed with me. Um, I'm trying not to swear as much as because I not that I have an anti-swear rule on the show, but I just try not to because, you know, little ears. Um, some of the messages that we read might have an occasional swear in them. So just heads up on those. But yeah, it really effed with me. Um, and when I first started to feel um, the throes of depression really kick in uh, when I was a teenager, a lot of it was about abandonment and feeling rejected and feeling this chip on my shoulder which then manifested into just wanting to sleep all the time and wanting to shut down and feeling checked out and feeling this you know executive dysfunction as they call it permeating the different uh areas of my life and my attempts at productivity and my attempts at doing something that uh, I felt I had to do or doing things that we all have to do like work or doing things that I wanted to do like create you know the amount of ideas that I've had that immediately feel hopeless um, or that I feel hopeless in the face of, of challenges the amount of times that that happens um, it's very frequent dread a feeling of chest anxiety and just all of this pain and just this this overwhelming feeling that things are not going to be okay uh, is something that has always plagued me and flared up a lot, like I said, in those teen years and a lot now. But what I always had were the lessons of Star Wars. Now, there's mythological stuff that ties into this, of course. I mean, I'm looking at a copy of Joseph Campbell's The Power of Myth that uh, Scotty Jero from the Bombadcast sent to me the other day so graciously. And, you know, there's all those lessons too, but on a very human level, you know, what is Luke Skywalker and Darth Vader, Anakin Skywalker, and the original trilogy, if not so many of our stories, so many of our struggles. It's, you know, it's what I went through. Seeing the father be the villain, I mean, that really helped me compartmentalize and process and crystallize a lot of what I was feeling before I really knew how to articulate it. As a small child, as a small boy in elementary school, seeing Luke successfully redeem his father, um, you know, and the Star Wars nerds will always argue, was he actually redeemed or was he just redeemed in the eyes of his son? And Leia didn't agree. And if he had lived with the New Republic, yes, there's all that too. But on a metaphorical level, the allegory, the, the themes that are being presented there, he reached out and was able to right a wrong and drag the humanity out. And I think that that really helped me as a child and formed a lot of the way that I deal with things. And still, when I think about the specter of what wasn't there in my life and about the weakness that I feel sometimes and the darkness that I feel sometimes, a lot of it I channel through Luke and later would channel through Han and through Kylo Ren. You know, I would find uh, around the period of Force Awakens, I would find this this almost call and answer happening in my mind of okay, that was the son reaching out to the father in the original trilogy, and now in this new trilogy, in this new era, now that I'm an adult watching Star Wars and experiencing new stories with the world, I'm feeling this, this inverse parallel happen with the father reaching out to his son and saying, come home, we miss you, and suddenly it's like, that's what I want. That's what I think I needed. And that felt like more of a healing presence um, because... It's hard, you know. It's really hard to feel like there's something in you, whether that's Luke or whether that's his nephew Ben Solo, um, 
that you can't control, that you didn't have the full um, autonomy to influence the cards in your hand at all, that they really were dealt for you. Whether that's true or not, that feeling is so key to uh, the struggle of depression, I feel. And when you're naming it, you know, they say name it to claim it. When you're naming it, when you're saying, I am a person that has depression, I think it's important personally, and this has helped me a lot. It's not something you are, it's something that you have. And when you amplify that up to the fantastic, when you amplify that up to the operatic, to the mythological, these fables, these larger-than-life, super-heroic stories, you experience um, that through the lens of things like the dark side. You know, when you're when you're thinking about why is there this thing in my body that I know I can feel that is paralyzing me and keeping me bedridden is stopping me from eating is making me eat more than I want to or think I should is is, is stopping me from from, you know, changing my clothes is stopping me from cutting my hair is is making me feel like I can't do simple things like send an email or charge my phone or, you know, uh, go, go for that, uh, go for that interview or, or buy the thing I need to buy, you know, whatever it is, whatever that thing is, it, it creeps in. And, and it feels sometimes out of control. And I think that being able to have something like Star Wars um, on that personal profound level has really helped. In that regard, it has really, really helped um, because Star Wars knows, as The Last Jedi illustrates so beautifully in Rey and Luke's first lesson, it knows that this is a natural part of it, that to try to harness the dark side and control and bastardize the Force and twist it for your own, for your own ends, that's the dark side in practice, that's evil, that's your Palpatines and your and your Vaders and your Mauls, etc., etc. But the actual existence of a flip side of that coin is not inherently evil. There is death. There is decay. There is sadness. There is loss and 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 pain and fear and gray and and rot. And none of those things are inherently bad because they just are all of those things simply just are and i think that being able to say to myself well i'm dealing with this this is something that i have this is something that i didn't choose you know i take medications i take medication every day um which is my path you know i'm not saying everybody has to should and you know you should definitely consult professionals if it's something that you're going to consider i think it's helped me I take medication to sleep. I take medication uh, to help me sleep. It doesn't just, it's not a magic pill. Um, We're not there yet with science. Um, But yeah, it helps me sleep. I take medication for uh, clinical depression, major depressive disorder, and uh, generalized anxiety. Um, And then I also have medication sometimes for, you know, to sort of uh, dull sort of the panic of waking up and things like that uh, as needed. Those are ways to navigate something that I know I didn't choose and you have to sort of be able to forgive yourself for the bad days and forgive yourself for the moments that um 
you you didn't make the choice that maybe you wish you'd made, which is hard <laughs> to say the least. That's the hardest thing um, in my life, I think, is is our feelings of regret. You know, I brought up Last Jedi, I brought up uh, Force Awakens, Han and Luke, and Leia, but Leia stayed resolute, whereas Han and Luke ran, and they let regret consume them. And Obi-Wan let regret consume him. And lots of people, especially during the, the Imperial reign, let regret consume them. Um, the feeling of, if I had just done this, then maybe things would be different. That amplified through the lens of this darkness in your brain um, is extremely, extremely difficult. And that's something that I know that I've been dealing with a lot over the past few years is the feeling of, um, did I do it wrong or no? Yeah. That's dishonest. Um, um, I, 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 <laughs> I know I did it wrong. I know there are things that I did wrong. Um, that I wish, I wish things had gone a different way. Um, but at the same time, I'm still here and I'm fallible and we're all fallible. And it doesn't mean that things didn't happen. Right. And when you look at something like Obi-Wan Kenobi, uh, one thing that I think that Deborah Chow and her entire team to Joby Harold, Ewan McGregor, of course, Hayden, um, is showing somebody choose their own their own path and not get wrapped up into the cycle again. Because he could have just cut him down, right? He could have just cut Vader down and you'll have a bunch of people on YouTube with their videos. Oh, why didn't he just finish it? They only didn't do that because they needed to get to New Hope. Yeah, yes, uh-huh, we understand. Um, we, know, we know how franchises work. But... That's very cynical. When you're considering what Obi-Wan is really going through in that show, what he comes to is a place of deciding to make peace with the era of his life that had passed with himself and Qui-Gon Jinn and Anakin Skywalker and Padme and all of the Jedi Knights and all the clones and put that to bed on his terms, not with another slash of the saber, but by apologizing and trying to give himself the clarity that enables him to do badass things like lift all those rocks and do the behind the back saber spin like yes it's all very cool but it's just it's saying things will be all right down the road even if they're not right now and i'm gonna choose that i'm going to choose to give myself the breathing room and that's not me saying you know, happiness is a choice because that gets thrown around a lot. And I think that sometimes that's not helpful, quite frankly. That does not help me as somebody that struggles with depression. Uh, it just doesn't. You know, the just go outside does not help. Um, you know, hope is a choice. All those things. That's That has more credence to it, I think. That has more weight. But But in general, giving yourself the breathing room, that's a choice. And I think there's a power in that choice to say, wow, today wasn't my day. And sometimes today is 10 years in the desert. Um, but my day is going to come. And maybe that'll be down the road with, you know, two twins that you separated at birth. I don't know your life. Uh, if you did that, though, you should probably tell somebody. That sounds concerning, to be honest, when taken out of the mythological context. But in general, you know, that, what that metaphor is, is, is extremely powerful in that way. And, and all of these things, everything that I've said for the past 
20 however many minutes um it are just some of the ways that i've been able to process this and i'm not saying i don't i have i have the answers you know i'm recording this a couple of days after seeing my therapist and talking to my psychiatrist and figuring things out about the next steps and and what plans i'm going to try to implement and and you know i'm trying to get out more and and, and try to sort of re-enter um my life in a lot of ways not that i've been out of it again i'm extremely fortunate to have some of the best friends in the entire world some of the best friends in the entire world um that do check up on me and that do care and people that i don't even really know that well some of you on twitter and instagram and people that send emails that listen to the show that come up to me and my friends and collaborators at star wars celebration and tell us your stories and connect with us about this thing that we love so much that is larger than life uh, that all matters but sometimes it's separate to what we're going through and so me doing this episode is trying to peel that back no editing no guest no nothing just why this matters because it's extremely personal and i think that that's why tempers flare sometimes that's why things get um heated online is because it is extremely personal because like i said this was another parent right if you came up to me and insulted you know my mother and my sister that would be probably the number one thing that would get me going in this life that's a fight that's an instant fight right there that's an argument and uh shortly after them is star wars on that list uh probably them my dog and star wars are <laughs> the things that that uh, are just essential to my being and so when people reduce it down with clickbait or garbage takes or that are done in complete bad faith or try to argue that it isn't something that we all know it is such as political such as inclusive whatever um, that feels like an affront against the thing that is teaching. That feels like an affront against the thing that is helping. It's giving us the tools. I mean, that's what that's what Star Wars is. It's a series of tools, and it is for the twelve-year-olds that George Lucas uh, has talked about ad nauseum throughout decades of interviews. Um, but it's for all of us, and I think that. A group that has has been under discussed in all sort of um, franchise consumption and arts analyses in this space where everybody is a pundit, right? Is is people dealing with depression? Um, is people that are hindered by anxiety and feel a dark cloud, a dark side, uh, reaching for them? And I want people to know that they're not alone because as one of my favorite uh, uh, side characters in Star Wars, Zori Bliss says, they win by making you think that you're alone. And that's the power that all of these characters are able to tap into. And I think that that's the thing that for me is the most poignant every single time that it happens. You look at the story of Din and Grogu, somebody who began his journey by saying, that you know his armor had lost its integrity and that he needed to begin again begins again through a new bond obi-wan kenobi is able to burst out from underneath those boulders those that 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 rubble and he could have stayed under there and let bader leave and given up and 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 decided to walk away and hide again like he did after revenge of the sith he doesn't because he thinks about leia he thinks about luke and he thinks about other people and these relationships that he he's only starting to build now 
with little Leia, but they mattered. Bale, Brea, Yoda, everybody that still believed in whatever way they could, even in a time of darkness, that mattered. And all of you that are listening, you matter. And there are people that care about you. And there are people that you care about. And you should tell them. And they should tell you. And we should tell each other. Um, because that's the most important thing, uh, is, is knowing that we're not alone. I was watching a, um, one of those actors on actors and it was Jennifer Lawrence and Viola Davis and Viola Davis basically is not an exact quote, but she was saying to Jennifer Lawrence that the reason why we go to the movies is because we want to feel like we're less alone. And I think that that's what Star Wars has given me, um, on the deepest level imaginable and that's why it feels like a family not in a a way that you put on a t-shirt but in a very real way where somebody it feels like somebody's speaking your language the people that love it and the people that make it um the people that that are just discovering it now the people that have loved it all their lives uh help us get through these dark times you know i can't tell you the amount of times that i felt like you know, today's just not my day. All I've got in me is the strength to brush my teeth and take care of my dog, and that's it. But then somebody, some of you that are listening right now, will say, hey, uh, you know, who do you think would be on your Jedi Council? Or uh, who's your favorite bounty hunter? Or what's your favorite Padme outfit? Or what do you think about, you know, Avar Chris and the High Republic? Or which High Republic author do you think is going to write this character? Um, how, what do you think is going to happen in the Ahsoka series? And those questions, it's like, oh, yeah, we all still have this thing. We have this culture. We have this, this thing that is so much bigger than all of us and has informed all of us uh, and is able to push us through and is able to get us to the next day and sometimes it's all you have to do is get to the next day and i know that just now in 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 what i've been rambling about um i feel really not happy but i feel good and thanks for listening uh to me ramble so far but i'm not alone uh, as I've been emphasizing here, uh, but literally in this episode, I will not be the only person you're hearing from. We have some mail uh, from people that have sent in some of their stories, uh, friends of the show, other collaborators. I want to start with a message from Trey Mitchell uh, from Mile High Cinema and Skywalking Through the League. Uh, Trey is one of my best friends. I talk to him literally every day of my life, and uh, we were talking about this very topic. And Trey brought up uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi, particularly in Rebels. There's that quote in Twin Sons um, where Ben Kenobi says, Look what I have risen above. And Trey had this to say. He said, I've had depression for a while. I think 10 plus years now. When I'm down, it's easy to feel like I'm awful, like I suck. But then I think about all the shit I've overcome. I've gotten so far, and I should be proud of that. It always makes me think of this quote from Obi-Wan. He has so much he could be sad about, so much that has happened to him, but he knows what his job is. He knows how much shit he has risen above, and that's really powerful to me. 
taking all of that trauma and saying, yeah, this shit made me stronger. Without it, I wouldn't be where I am today is a truly powerful thing. Probably my favorite little quote from Obi-Wan, the whole scene is just perfect. And uh, I could not agree more. Um, it really is a perfect, a, a character-defining, a generation-defining, a Star Wars-defining scene when Obi-Wan stands firm and resolute in who he is and what he is and what he's done and being able to synthesize everything that has happened to him in his life. And like you said, he wouldn't be right there standing guard. He wouldn't be right there looking after the new hope. They should call a movie that. Um, just like the, everything that this character is, is is crystallized and is it's all funneled right into that statement. Look what I've risen above. He has every reason to be a dark sider. He has every reason to to give up. And I think that that's something that everybody that's dealing with this can relate to, right? We've lost people or or in any way, death or or in other ways, you know, circumstances or we've pushed them away or they've, you know, we were in romantic relationships and those ended or or they moved or we were fired from that job or whatever it is, or, or we've lost opportunities or whatever it is, things that should just push us and break us. And, and maybe sometimes they do, but then we have that next laugh and we have that next moment and the next moment of clarity or, you know, you're feeling really, really sad and horrible and shitty. And then your friend sends you even a meme and you're like, ah, oh, I still have that. I still have the capacity for light. I still have the capacity for the light side. I am no longer defined by everything else that happened today. And I think that's really powerful. And um, I'm really glad that Trey started us on that Obi-Wan note. Because he kind of really is the character uh, when it comes to this stuff in a big bad way. So I, I think that that's really beautiful and really profound. And I'm so glad that that Trey sent that in. Uh, I want to go now to our friend Mike Lovins. And uh, Mike said that, you know, in terms of Star Wars and depression, it's a double-edged sword. He says, the idea of Star Wars and the aspects that I love help cheer me up in my worst days, even when the medication doesn't. But the toxic division within the fandom makes my depression worse. And on my hardest days, that can really make it worse for me. That's interesting. And that's an interesting thing to note. When I read that message, um, I started thinking about some of the stuff that I've already touched on, about how personal it is, right? And when you feel like your comfort zone, like your, you know, your sanctuary in that galaxy far, far away is being affected by people that don't necessarily get it or don't want to get it or want to tear it down because it's popular or want to see you... Um, frustrated or just want to project their own anger uh, onto you because they don't know how to deal with things, whatever that is, whatever it is, all of that can be extremely disheartening um, when you're trying to retreat into the space that you've built for yourself, when you're trying to retreat into these relationships, when you love something like the character of Boba Fett, for example, and then somebody says, well, that show sucked, that didn't matter, and then, you know, they're trying to cause an argument, and then you see some of the other 
comments and the people agreeing with them or just trying to tear something down that you found value in, that can be frustrating. That's a real, really frustrating thing. Um, But what I think is important is in the same way that you have to give yourself the room to breathe um, in terms of how you're feeling on the ups and downs, we also have to name and claim not only our depression, but name and claim our relationships with the work and if you feel this aspect of star wars gave you x in the same way that the stories of these fathers and sons for me just using myself as an example luke and vader uh kylo and han din and grogu whoever it is if these relationships matter to me then they have to matter to me and i have to protect that and i have to hold on to that and i'm not saying that i have the answers because sometimes it is very frustrating when people try to tell me uh that the mandalorian is just simple beat them up uh you know schlock week to week doesn't matter oh it's just you know to sell subscriptions and all that stuff that does frustrate me because it does matter uh it does matter to me we wouldn't be doing these shows if it didn't matter people wouldn't make this their entire uh, focus if it didn't matter people wouldn't grow up wanting to write these stories and create these characters if it didn't matter and i think that you know powerful light powerful dark as luke said and sometimes it's it, you want to defend what affects you you want to affect the world around you by responding to that vitriol with love um but love can be like gasoline on a fire sometimes. Uh, and I relate to this a lot. You know, I don't have the the key of how we're going to fix fandom. You know, If I did, I wouldn't bury it uh, almost 40 minutes into a podcast episode. I would definitely try to publish that shit. But you know, here we are. It's, it, it is very relatable, though. And I think that it, it speaks to the passion and the love and the appreciation that we have for Star Wars, that it can feel so hurtful sometimes when this thing isn't what we know it can be. And I think that's what it is, right? Is that this can be so powerful, this can be so invigorating and liberating that when it's not, it fires back on us with equal strength. And it becomes the dark version of itself. It becomes that dark Yoda um, that appears in the Clone Wars. It becomes Dark Ray. Uh, there's a lot of just dark apparitions of people that uh, happen in these in these fantasy stories, right? There was even one in Willow. Um, and I think that it, it's, it's, it's an extremely relatable thing. But again, this isn't an advice column. These are just reflections, as I put on the graphic for the episode, uh, done by our friend and one of my best friends, uh, Charlie Ashby, who does all of our graphics here from the Imperial Senate podcast. Um, these are about, this is about reflecting and having lights in the dark. And I think that, you know, for Mike's comment, when it comes to these moments that sort of rob you of your joy, I think, again, it's about that capacity to still be surprised. And I think that's why we have these comfort areas of Star Wars, right? There's Star Wars to me that is, uh, how do I put this? <laughs> I don't want to say vegetables because I don't even like vegetables. No shade to anybody that does. They're just not for me. Um, but I think that there is a 
there's a group of Star Wars that is very, very, very um, active viewing for me. Uh, Last Jedi is in that category. Obi-Wan Kenobi is in that category. Everything High Republic, obviously, because it's, you know, print media, um, at least for now. Shout out to Young Jedi Adventures, Nubs, Nubs Fan Club, Nubs Nation, coming in hot, Nubs the Pooba. Yes, we're all going to be talking about a preschool show soon, and I'm damn proud of that fact. But there's Star Wars that is comfort Star Wars, the Star Wars easy listening. And for me, that's Solo, that's Resistance, that's things like certain episodes of Mando and Book of Boba Fett, that's things like Bad Batch that I can throw on. Um, certain es- episodes of Rebels as well that I can throw on that just feel right. Uh, uh, Galaxy of Adventures is that way. Visions is that way. Uh, some of the, the throwbacks like Droids, Ewoks, and the Tartakovsky Clone Wars. That's what I would say um, is, a, is a good palette of things that you can go to when it feels like your joy is being robbed. And whatever that is for you, you know, all power to you. Uh, Attack of the Clones is also like that for me. The ones that it's like, I can put this on while I'm doing other things, dishes, laundry. Like, you have to sometimes renew your vows with Star Wars, which is something that I explored on an episode um, with uh, our buddy Jared, uh, Jared the Dark Jedi from the Nerd Academy podcast. You know, again, one of my best friends. Talk to him every day. We talked about how you have to sort of get re reinvigorated and and romance this thing again and let it romance you again and sometimes that involves a process of shutting things out and separating yourself from discourse or from whatever's happening online and that again that's not easy and no it's not easy for me i will fight tooth and nail if i think that i have a point if i think that i have something to defend if i want to be a what i've called a bastard for good faith um what i think that people are trying to be smarter or better than the work that is being made by artists just trying to tell a story to those 12 year olds that george talked about that you know their that their story has now been passed down like a torch through these different filmmakers and 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 showrunners from jj abrams and ryan johnson to Fabro and filoni to leslie headland to jennifer corbett to Claudia Gray, to Lydia Kang, Sam Maggs, just anybody that is working on this stuff um, to come after the shared myth that they're creating that helps us with these things, that causes somebody like me to sit here and talk about how it helps. Um, that's why it's personal. And, and I know that was a very rambly answer. Uh, but Mike brought up a great point where sometimes this thing can be uh, as prickly and uh, and hurtful uh, as it is good. But it's not because of the thing. It's because that's how we are with the things that we care about. So thanks so much, Mike, for sending that in. Uh, I'm going to move on now to an email that we got from... Our buddy Eli from Star Wars in a Galaxy, as well as the Epic Confrontations Trivia Series, uh, something that I compete in, uh, which is a ton of fun, Star Wars trivia. It's, it's, a, it's a great show. It's a really fun, great group of people. Definitely check that out. Um, Eli writes, uh, Hi, Alden. Around two years ago, I was diagnosed with obsessive-compulsive disorder. It is the repetition of thoughts in one's brains that are not naturally occurring. I was a big Star Wars fan when these thoughts started to affect me in major ways, and they came from my fandom. 
sometimes I'd get a little overstimulated with Star Wars and would need to take a little break, but I'd always come back every single time. Now Star Wars' messages of hope and overcoming any obstacle that seems insurmountable have inspired me greatly. Releases of shows like The Bad Batch or soon to be The Mandalorian Season 3 mark my week so I know when to get hyped on a Wednesday morning and try to forget my real-world troubles for 30 or 40 minutes. But, and not to get too corny, Eli, I would never judge you for getting too corny. I'm doing an episode about Star Wars and depression. The real value I got from Star Wars was absolutely the friends I made along the way. I have made so many great friends in this fandom. You'll often see me on their shows. We have had the most ridiculous, insightful, fascinating, and meaningful conversations, both on and off camera, that have given me a space to be myself. Star Wars, to me, is the gift that keeps on giving. I honestly don't know what my life would be like without it, Eli. Um, I'm not going to lie, folks. Uh, I'm kind of teared up <laughs> listening to that one. Uh, listening to myself read that one. Not because I think that I'm such a good reader, um, but because that's, uh, that's real. That's, yeah, that's really, that's great, man. Eli knows I love him. Uh, he's a great guy. Really, 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 really bright person. Um, just a really good-hearted person. Really good-hearted human being. Um, and, you know, to hear that it helped you, talking to Eli, to hear that it helped with something that I can't relate to, like obsessive-compulsive disorder and sort of the, the fear that maybe came with that, the overstimulation and the feeling of being out of control, that Star Wars could help you find um, those anchors, could help you find those periods um, to feel like you had uh, some control again and to have that flow and to get into those patterns and to, to be able to say, ah, oh, it's Wednesday, it's time for, time for my adventure, it's time for my time, it's time for me to um, check out of a lot of these feelings, a lot of these feelings that we have, um, and to have something pure and to make friends while you're doing it uh, again is there is the recurring theme of oh I, I can still be um i can still be surprised by the next conversation i can still be humored by the next joke there you know, there's the next trivia question uh there's the next thing that really matters it is the gift that keeps on giving um in those ways and sometimes it is just about forgetting Right. Like sometimes it's really deep and profound and it's my dad wasn't there for me or I, you know, I have OCD or I've been depressed for over 10 years. And it's all the things that we've talked about. Um, all of us, you know, it's crying because of a trailer or crying because of a podcast or whatever it is. But, you know, honestly, sometimes it's just life sucks right now. And I want to talk about pot racers. I want to talk about how much I love the N1 Starfighter. I want to talk about how much I love Ewoks. I want to talk about how Borgullet will know the truth. Whatever it is, that's important. That stuff, that uh, minutia, those glup shittos that the internet so uh, beautifully celebrates, that's all extremely powerful. And, I, and Eli, thanks so much for sharing um, about your, your, your life with uh, OCD um and with how star wars has helped you um and how you've come back to it and keep coming back to it man always come back to it uh and definitely um 
keep keep making those friends, man. That's that is the most important thing. That is the most profoundly important, beautiful thing I think that Star Wars emphasizes is the fact that it's it can't be done. It cannot be done without a support system from Yavin all the way to the Bad Batch. Everything that we've had for 40 plus years. Um, I keep saying 40 plus, but we're getting to the point where it's going to be close to 50 soon. Uh, you know, 40 plus only flies for so long. But, it, you know, it took characters coming back and not giving up, not just on themselves, but not giving up on each other. It took Han coming back to help Luke. It took Leia refusing to give up on who was her brother. She didn't know it at the time, um, but saying we have to turn back. It took Han showing up at Starkiller Base. It took Finn not wanting to let Rey go and wanting to go and get her and bringing Chewie and getting over there and, uh, you know, and revealing that, yes, he was just in sanitation, but damn it, that was his friend. It took all of these people um, just deciding that that other person was important enough, that mattered enough to to change the galaxy, to change everything. It's just about that next choice. Um, and the most powerful choices are always the ones of togetherness. And I think, again, I said it already in this episode, but reach out to the people that, that you care about. You, know, you will not regret that. You won't. That is the most important thing that you will do today is going through your list of contacts and saying, I haven't talked to that person in a while. I want to see how they're doing. They will appreciate it. There's nothing weird about it. I think that we've definitely gotten a little fearful in that way. I understand it, but let's move on to the next message. This comes from Brennan Marr, uh, somebody who I will be facing in Eli's Trivia Show down the road, one of our our good friends online, uh, a bright light in our fandom. Uh, Brennan writes... As someone who has been handicapped my whole life, I've had to deal with the inconveniences and setbacks that are part and parcel of that existence. That being said, I've lived for my entire life without feeling down about my situation. I've chosen to focus on the things that I have going well for me instead of the things going not so well, and that has made quite a difference in the outlook I have on life. A few years ago, I came to realize that I had unknowingly been living the philosophy taught by Qui-Gon Jinn in The Phantom Menace when he says your focus determines your reality. Since I made that realization, I have used that philosophy in the way I view movies and shows, but more importantly, in how I view my situation. Because of that, navigating the drawbacks that come with being disabled seems almost non-existent because my focus is on what's going is on what's going well in my life and what I have that's worth celebrating. In fact, because of this philosophy, I do not consider myself different from anybody else, and that has greatly helped my mental health situation. I always rankle at the idea that Star Wars doesn't have anything to say that could be applied to our lives because I have experienced it firsthand. I choose to focus on the positive, which is not, as some people insist, naive and unrealistic. Nothing can be gained by focusing on the negative, as Star Wars has taught us again and again. Ah, man, Brennan, that is uh, just beautiful, doesn't even begin to describe it. That is the stuff. That's the stuff, man. That that really is it. Um, The idea that choosing positivity and choosing hope is not weak, it's not naive, it's not misguided, 
it's not uh it's that there's power in it your focus determines your reality you get to shape your entire reality the terms of your existence by not giving in to negativity which is not easy you know and i have i i am privileged in my own existence to not have the challenges that other people have had to not have had some of these conversations like you have shared here with your story or like eli shared in his letter in regards to ocd you know there are things that i have that i'm dealing with some that i've brought up on the show some that i haven't but in all of our struggles you know to whatever degree they are to whatever uh to you know in whatever direct ways that they impact our day-to-day the choice that we have um to take negativity and channel it or to acknowledge it um, or to let it consume us is is really really uh, essential and key to star wars it can be really easy to feel like the things again that we didn't choose one of which being depression or, or you brennan with what you're sharing about your story these things that you're saying that like this has been you know your entire life but that you don't think of yourself uh in the terms of just being disabled and you don't think of yourself uh, as being different um is so heartening um because you're not you're you know i can tell you right now brennan mystical mar on twitter is one of the sharpest coolest people um and is always celebrating how we find love in these stories and how we find community in these stories and and I think that if if these stories didn't affect us in these profound ways, um, then then we wouldn't be moved sometimes to these realizations because they are, as I've said, a shared language. They are a guide, and I, I just can't I can't stop thinking about some something you, you touched on here, Brennan. Uh, people saying that Star Wars doesn't have anything to say that could be applied to our lives. Not only is star wars blatantly anti-fascist not only is it anti-bigotry not only is it advocating for you know indigenous peoples not only is it advocating for found family all these things but it's advocating for us to choose um our better instinct right and that i think is is one of its greatest contributions is that sometimes these characters that we see no matter what their circumstances are no matter what archetype they might fill, no matter what uh, alien species they are, or, or if they're a uh, anything from a, a teddy bear to a mystical god to a cyborg to a slug, whatever that is, they they have something that they could be. You know, someone like Han Solo, he could be something way more selfish, um, but he also has the thing that is the best version of himself, and that's what we tap into and. Uh, Brennan, I think that you are right now the best version of yourself, and you're the best version of a Star Wars fan. And uh, thanks for sending that along, man. That that really means a lot. Um, uh, and and Brennan is also a, a great uh, fan in many different spaces as well on the Casually Talk side of things. Love hearing from Brennan. Uh, right now, I'm going to go to Eric Monroe, uh, who wrote an email, which I am uh, very, very excited to read because Eric is one of the most passionate fans over in the Game of Thrones side of things. Uh, Eric says, 
back in January of 2019, I lost my mother. She suffered a stroke in 2011. When she died, it was a shock to my system. We were the best of friends. Even writing this now, I get teary-eyed over how much I miss her. I was pretty down in the dumps with depression. I hardly was eating, sleeping, or doing much of anything but crying. My father, sister, and friends were very worried because I wasn't really living. Going to grief therapy did help. The first two times I smiled again were when the Game of Thrones Season 8 trailer came out, the one with Arya running in the halls, and the Rise of Skywalker teaser with Rey running. Rey's courage reminded me of my mom's when she had her surgeries. It felt good to smile again. As someone who was a fan of Force Awakens and The Last Jedi, I was very excited for it. With it not coming out until December, it gave me a lot of months to wonder about it and engage with the community. Yes, the discourse was annoying, but there was still a great community out there with wonderful people to listen to and engage with, just like Game of Thrones had podcasts like Casterly Talk. So in closing, I will always be grateful to Star Wars for helping me smile again and giving me something to look forward to during my darkest of days. (sighs) Man. Why did I do this episode? <laughs> just getting sad, uh, but a good kind of sad, you know, just uh, really in touch kind of sad. Uh, that's that's really, yeah, moms, man. I, I've said repeatedly that I think the saddest moment in Star Wars is the death of Shmi Skywalker, um, because she just she was the humanity um, pre the myth, right? Like she was the foundation of the foundation she was everything she was the cornerstone um and you know and as i started this episode you know i've only ever had my mom you know and my sister is an amazing mom and i've been privileged to know um some of the best moms ever some people that were that are just don't give themselves any credit and won't even let you say that they're a great mom because they uh they don't really they might not see it for themselves and it's really powerful to think about that so thanks for sharing that eric and um you know i'm not a religious person or a spiritual person but i have to think that if there's a if there's another world of the force out there um i think she'd be really proud of you persevering like characters like ray and I think that that's why, you know, it's sometimes it's silly and it's fun to think about like, oh, we're crying because of trailers or we're getting emotional or we're, we're counting down to when they're going to show us another image or another teaser or any of that. But this is why it matters, because sometimes, again, to get to the next day, you just need that thing. You just need to know um, what's going to what's going to be down the road with a character that really meant a lot to you, that connects with you in that personal way. I know that. For me, when I think about characters like Omega or Grogu or the children of Star Wars, I think about my nephews and other kids in my life that have been in my life. And I think about what we're leaving for them. And that's a way that I'm able to connect with the work that gets me through a lot of these dark times. And so you talking about Rey, especially that incredible image of her running through the sands of Pisana before she does that epic black, uh, uh, um, backflip and and just you know slices through the tie whisper and everything like that's that's a moment that's a hero moment and that's what we're pushing toward and sometimes it feels ridiculous but when you feel like you can't move on and you feel just shattered or whatever and again i i don't claim to know what that's like to lose a parent um you know that the parent that i have i am fortunate to still have but 
sometimes it's like I can't do anything today, but damn it, I cannot wait to see the next chapter of Ray's story. Oh, I can't wait to see what happens in Mandalorian. I can't wait to see what's going to happen with Hunter and Omega and the whole batch. Um, I gotta, I gotta pick up that next book. You know, I gotta find out what happens in my comics. Oh, what's this next crossover gonna be? And the Star Wars comics. That stuff is powerful. You know, that matters. That stuff, that stuff will get you through some of these dark times. And I think that it's important that we share that with each other. Um, that there's nothing silly about it, you know? It is silly, but it's not. Star Wars is... You know, it's Jawi Yauza and it's Sice Noodles and it's, you know, Ewoks drumming on helmets and Borgullet and Rathars and all that stuff. Newt Gunray, you know, just being an asshole. It's all that. But it's also um, these moments, you know, these cosmic moments of realization of that um, somebody that doesn't exist that is brought to life through writers and costumers and incredible performers like daisy ridley um is able to channel the energy of somebody that was everything in your life that was your parent that was your loved one that was your family um for a brief second sometimes in the darkness they kind of find us again uh which sounds really maybe heady and flowery and saturan i don't know but they do. I know I've had that with characters. Um, characters are, are, in a lot of ways, I think our greatest, the greatest thing that we make as a people, fictional characters, other people. We either make real people or we make fake people. Um, so thanks, thank you for sending that message in. Uh, this one comes from uh, our friend Shane. Uh, Shane uh, Mazik, um, Mazik, Mazik. Uh, Shane, I am so sorry, man. I don't know how to pronounce your last name. Um, I'm sure that happens to you a lot. I get it. When I go to Starbucks, they write Elton on my cup. They write Odin on my cup. I feel you, Shane. Uh, Shane says, uh, hey, Alden and the Octa Radio crew. Just wanted to drop you a line and share some of my thoughts concerning Star Wars and depression. I don't have much to say other than I've dealt with depression and anxiety since I was a small kid. And Star Wars has always been a big help to me in dealing with them. Firstly, it provides a necessary reprieve from daily life, and secondly, it provides tools that I've been able to bring into my daily life that help me when I'm overwhelmed. Whether it's thinking about how a favorite character might handle a particular situation, or remembering a favorite quote or a favorite scene, Star Wars has helped me jump more than a few hurdles in my life. Without getting too specific about how my anxiety manifests, I tend to get overwhelmed really easily, and that causes my mental health to spiral downward pretty quickly, sometimes to the point of being physically ill. I can relate to that for sure as a host editorial note. But I've developed certain tactics to to prevent an anxiety spiral. For example, if I'm really losing control and I could take a beat and make myself hear Obi-Wan say, let go, like he said to Luke in the Death Star trench run, it reminds me that I'm trying to control things that I can't control and that I'll feel better if I can just let go, so to speak. Likewise, when I'm feeling anxious about doing something kind of scary, if I can hear Luke say confronting fear is the destiny of a Jedi, it really helps me take those first steps I need to take. 
I could go on and on about this topic and how I relate to various characters in different ways, but this is already getting a bit longer than I meant it to be, so I'm going to close down now. But I just want to take a moment to thank you personally for doing this, Alden. I've been a follower of yours for a while now, and I wouldn't normally write in with confessions like this, but I trust you to take it seriously, and I hope that my observations here might be of help to you and your listeners. Thank you, and warmest regards, Shane. Shane, man, first of all, thank you for that brave uh, message, um, for that soulful, honest reflection on how some of these moments um, impact us and become tools and become uh, guiding lights and become a refuge. You know, collectively, they become, like I said earlier, our sanctuary. Uh, I love the moments that you chose uh, the di- and the dialogue that you chose, Obi-Wan and the Trench Run and Luke confronting fear as the destiny of a Jedi. Those are two quotes that I love. Uh, absolutely essential. Um, I also get really uh, physically anxious. Um, I've said a lot that my depression and anxiety when I wake up, getting out of bed can be the hardest thing that I have to do some days. Um, a lot of the times I don't, uh, I don't have a reason really to get up that isn't my dog. So I'm eternally grateful for little Mando, the official pet of Octo Radio. And it, it, it can feel sometimes like there's just an immense pressure on my chest and, and it just it feels really overwhelming and and like I'm broken like uh, why why do I feel this way and so I definitely get the physical uh, aspect of it but yeah Obi-Wan let go let go I mean that's it feels almost generic right because it's in so many things but as it pertains to Star Wars that's what it always is let go of your anxiety let go of your need to control let go of what you fear to lose let go of your of your t- attachments to a healthy degree you know prequel jedi is well documented not the best decision makers in certain regards um and then you know confronting fear is the destiny of a jedi i mean that's everything right there i i love that that was luke's thesis and luke's piece of advice to ray in that final chapter because that was it that's that distilled down their purpose as heroes in the final chapter of the Skywalker saga, it was confronting fear. It wasn't defeating evil. It wasn't fighting the Sith. It wasn't beating the bad guy in any capacity. It was confronting fear. And sometimes that's it. Saying, I'm depressed. I'm not okay. You won if you said that. You've already begun the process. You've already started the work. You've already stood up to the half undead grandpa in your life on a meat hook on exegol in a in a hell pit like yeah you did it you should be proud of that uh, i know for me a moment that i go to a lot also from the sequel trilogy is luke um walking well luke's force projection if you want to get really technical walking through the flames um of the crate base door on exegol is that shot uh you know where we're looking at him from behind, sort of from the POV of, of the Resistance, as he walks out and as John Williams, the sparks just builds, like all of that. I try to channel that when I'm going into a situation uh, that I don't feel good about. I'm, I try to channel that when I, I don't think I can face the day. And I think that that is um, something that we all have. We all have those moments where we're like, that's it. That's my scene. You know, you heard that a lot from fans during Andor about things in that show where they were like, that's me. That is me. That's how I feel right now. Or, or, you know, or tying it back into Rogue One about moments that they were connecting between Jin and Cassian. And when you look at things like 
um, the Mandalorian, people saying that's 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 the religious trauma that I went through. Um, when you look at someone like uh, Anakin Skywalker, all the moments with him where it's like I felt trapped, I felt anxious, I felt like I was being suffocated. All that stuff is extremely universal. I mean, the the specific and the universal and the way that those things tie in together. That's why we come back to this story. Um, and again, Shane, thank you so much for this message. Uh, it really is that necessary reprieve. Um, and I really appreciate you sharing that. And hopefully we will be able to speak more about it. Uh, we have some more stuff here uh, in one final message for uh, this episode. Why oh, I'm already feeling like I might do this again, <laughs> um, just because there's so much to unpack um with all of this and there's so many people that i know uh have things to say people that didn't get their messages in uh in time for me to round them up but that you know it'll be overflow however that is going to work uh you'll know when it comes out um so we have another message here uh this person is going to remain anonymous per their email which is always totally okay just let me know if you're going to send anything in whether that's pertaining to this topic or to anything that we do down the road you of course have the right to remain anonymous just make sure you note that in your email uh, this one comes from somebody, though I will say, who is a great person in this space, someone who I was able to hang with a little bit recently, and uh, they have some thoughts here on Sir Junda, someone who's been on my mind a lot uh, as it pertains to Star Wars Jedi Battle Scars by Sam Maggs, the new novel um, taking place between Fallen Order and Jedi Survivor, which is excellent. It's a really great read, a ton of fun. I definitely say check that out when it comes out. If you're listening to this after the fact, maybe you've already read it. If not, definitely pick up a copy or the audiobook. Now, this one says, Hey, Alden, saw your tweets and thought I'd chime in. Your prompt instantly made me think of Sir Junda and how I felt and still feel when playing through Fallen Order. Without going into too many details, I've struggled with depression for much of my life, but only recently started understanding the depths of it all. Still working through it and probably will be for a long time to come. I've had moments brought on by things in my personal and professional life, dark times with partners and family, and just general depression brought on from being too aware of the world and the way things often work. For example, I have a master's degree in climate change work. You get the point. In those darker moments, my instinctual reaction is often to just shut down. Sometimes that comes in the form of retreating to my room or apartment. Sometimes it's literally feeling like I've temporarily lost the strength to do anything. Talk, eat, basic stuff. I pull away from things causing me stress or anxiety to avoid the pain. We slowly meet Seer and learn her story throughout Fallen Order and find that she went through something absolutely terrible and the way that she deals uh, the way that she deals with that is to retreat into herself and literally shut that whole side of her life down, cutting herself off from the force, the guiding light of her life up to that point. She continues to support others who are doing good work, but seems to see herself as someone who is too broken to be the one to make the difference herself. I totally feel this way sometimes too. There are so many awful things going on in the world, but I often just feel like all I can do is repost this or donate that. Things that I know and acknowledge are important, but that also safely fit within that definition that I have for myself as a supporting character. Eventually, though, Seer meets Cal and things start to change. He challenges and inspires her over and over until ultimately, at the climax of the story, Seer realizes that she has the ability to make a difference, and well, the rest is history. 
Similarly, in my darker moments, there have been a handful of truly incredible people who have entered my life at just the right moment who inspired and challenged me to rejoin society and continue to fight the good fight. Whether it comes to something related to social or environmental activism, or it's just that right friend and that right time coming to pull me out of a dark place after another relationship in my life has fallen apart, I've been fortunate to have several cows in my life to help pick me up. Ultimately, for me, Seer's story is one of reconnecting with the Force and finding her way back to the light and the person she is meant to be. Uh, the person she is meant to be uh, in the story. The story has its ups and downs, as life always does, but when she surrounds herself with the right people, the right community, she is empowered to pick herself up and keep moving forward. I empathize so much with this story, and it is always a reminder to me about being careful about the company I keep and about how even if life gets dark and I need to withdraw for a little to protect myself, the opportunity is always there for me to rejoin the world and be welcomed by friends and loved ones. So yeah, long ramble. Feel free to use as much or as little of all that as needed. Honestly, I just appreciated the opportunity to use this as a prompt for a journaling device to process some stuff. Appreciate you, dude. Thanks for the prompt. Looking forward to the episode. Cheers. I love that as one to go out on. Thank you so much, friend, for sharing that. Um... And, and really just imbuing so much of your personal lens into Sears' story uh, as a reflection of trauma, as a reflection of depression and, and, and the way that we retreat when we are struggling and the way that we sometimes feel like we are not the main character is something that resonated with me there. Uh, there was no part of that email that I could ever dream of cutting out. Not that I ever would. First of all, if you send an email and as long, all of it will be read. One, I like a verbose email. Two, I like to over-deliver on these shows. And three, um, I trust I trust my listenership to deliver uh, beautiful insights like that. I mean, that that bit there, that we, we get to be still the main characters of our story. Just because you're down, just because you've retreated, just because you cut yourself off from the force, you know, if we're keeping it in that, in the metaphor of this fantasy, of this myth, that that doesn't mean that we still don't have a role to play and you can be seer and still have a role to play and you can be cal and you can help someone realize their worth again you can help someone realize their role again which again is is, is something that i touched on earlier about these characters and their relationships the most powerful choice that we make sometimes is the one that says i'm gonna help that person and seer helps cal and, and cal helps seer and they both help Grease, and Grease helps them, and Marin too, and Marin helps all of them, and they all help Marin, and and BD One, oh my God, BD One in that story. That story is all about you know trauma responses and grief and rebuilding and found family and all of these these powerful reflections of of these universal themes. And what I love about that message, you know, in terms of sometimes how it can feel. Um, futile you know i'm sharing this i'm retweeting this i'm i'm trying to be useful you know i'm really trying to stay plugged in and it's hard with the way things are that doesn't mean that you are not affecting anything depression lies to us the dark side lies um villainy lies and in our real life sometimes uh that lives in us that's something that we have to deal with 
that's you know that's the curse of the skywalkers and then you've got groups that have a dark side such as the mandalorians and and the different facets of their culture and how you've got your you've got your heroes but you've also got your armors and your previslas and we question them a little bit and your your saxons and things like that we all have duality um and seer definitely did as well we saw how she tapped into the dark and how things got things got a little dicey for her and guilt and regret almost consumed her but man the inspirational aspect of pushing through is just so incredibly powerful um and i'm so glad that you wrote in thank you again uh friend this person knows who they are again everybody can always remain anonymous if you want to send in yours for a future discussion on this topic or any topic um but that's a beautiful note to go out on you're not a side character and you are you are still the main character you might be you know a friend a, a Chewbacca or an R2-D2 or, or, or a Cal Kestis in someone else's life. That's important. But for you, no matter what you're going through, you're not done. You are not done. And I think Star Wars advocates for that strongly. Rebuild, refocus, the forces with you. And I'm so glad we were able to have this chat. Again, I don't have answers. I've been talking here, monologuing for uh, well over an hour at this point. Um, all I knew is that I wanted to imbue my contribution to this Star Wars fan space um, with something that can be a little bit scary to talk about sometimes, with something that is definitely uh, it carries a stigma with it, that we're trying to destigmatize it, that we're trying to open it up, that we're trying to say um, that it's valid, especially when we have a society that looks down on this and will say, no, you're just being lazy. You're just feeling sorry for yourself. You're throwing a pity party. That's all bullshit language that doesn't help anybody. Having real conversations does help. Um, listening to your friends, being able to say, hey, um, you still got it, whatever that is. You know, your idea still counts. You'll get through this period. Uh, world's falling apart. And maybe you feel like you're falling apart too, but you're still a part of it that um, makes other people happy, makes other people feel a little bit of that light. You know, you could be Cal Kestis. You can wear a poncho and be a handsome young Jedi. I believe in you. So, yeah, again, thanks, everybody, for, for listening to this one. Um, you know, there's going to be some more upbeat ones soon, I promise you, although I don't feel bad about doing a, one that was really heavy. Um, it feels uh, comforting to be able to be in conversation with a lot of you um, in a way that matters in terms of something that we really care about. Um, but what we care about is people. And when we create things and when we receive these stories and we receive each other's words and content or whatever you want to call it, that is uh, giving up a part of yourself and putting it out into the world and saying, what do you think? And when some of us feel like parts of ourselves are imbued with a little bit of that darkness, then we need to band together and make our own found family. So I'm happy to be in yours, and I am glad that you are in mine. So uh, you can follow me personally at that Alden Diaz, T-H-A-T-A-L-D-E-N-D-I-A-Z. Catch me here on Octo Radio. Catch me on Casterly Talk with Ken Knapsack. I'm on Twitter, Instagram, Hive, TikTok, all those places. Uh, you can email the show. Uh, follow Octo Radio everywhere, A-H-C-H-T-O Radio. 
Uh, can't wait to talk about more Star Wars with you as 2023 rolls on. But for right now, we will catch you next time. And remember, you are the light in somebody else's life. May the Force be with you. Punch it, Chewie!